You may have heard me say this before. Thanksgiving is one of my favorite holidays. I love all the rest of them, Christmas and Easter and Halloween and the 4th of July, but Thanksgiving is special. You know why? Because it's the easiest holiday of all. Think about it. On Thanksgiving, you don't have to buy and decorate a Thanksgiving tree. In fact, you don't have to decorate at all, right? Did anybody have a Thanksgiving tree? I just want to make sure. No, okay, all right. Okay, and there are no cards to send, no gifts to buy and wrap and get in the mail. All that happens on Thanksgiving is a gathering of family and friends and a wonderful meal. I love it. No huge preparations, no fuss, no worries, right? Okay, well, maybe less worry. I hear that. <laughs> because even a Thanksgiving meal can bring on some anxiety, right? Um, every year we enjoy, we have the privilege and the blessing of enjoying Thanksgiving with friends at their house. And I am glad that I don't have to host it. I don't have to coordinate what everybody's bringing. I don't have to clean my house. I don't have to figure out what kind of turkey or what size turkey to get and make sure it gets in the oven on time. I don't have to figure out where everybody's sitting. I don't have any of those worries, thank goodness but I still know I'm going to be a little anxious because, you know, when am I going to find time to go to the grocery store and, oh, I need some pumpkin pie spice for my pie and I need, oh, and I, we got to get everything together and get it to our friend's home on time. I mean, it's just, even though I'm not hosting the dinner, I still worry. And I imagine those of you who are hosting a dinner have a few more worries than that as well. Truth to tell, um, Worry is a pretty constant companion in my life. Is that true for some of you as well? Anybody else worried out here? Yeah, sure. We just can't seem to help but worry. And in fact, we live in what seems to be an age of anxiety with good reason. Mass shootings, devastating, deadly fires and hurricanes, poverty, wars, climate change, political turmoil, the list goes on and on. And even if we can manage somehow to ignore the outside world, which is virtually impossible, we have a lot of anxiety about our own lives, about work or finances, about health issues or relationships. And that anxiety often keeps us awake at night. It's amazing how even the smallest worries can dominate our lives, isn't it? Jesus knew this. He knew that anxiety diverts our attention from the things that truly mattered. Matter. You may have noticed that this passage begins with the word, therefore. That's because it follows some other words of Jesus that are these. No one can serve two masters, for a slave will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. Mammon in the King James Version. Now, Jesus is not condemning wealth as evil here. He's not saying we shouldn't have wealth. He's simply pointing out how much our focus on the accumulation and the protection and the spending of wealth can take over our lives and divert our attention from that which truly matters, our relationship with God. Even our understandable concern about the necessities of life can get in the way of that relationship, as well as our ability to live life to the fullest, which is why Jesus tells his disciples and us, do not worry about your life, about what you will eat or what you will drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Hmm. 
he urges his disciples and us to look around, to see the birds and the flowers that we so easily overlook. Look at them, he says, and see how God cares for them. Then he gently asks, are you not of more value than the birds? If God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and thrown into the furnace tomorrow, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Do you hear what Jesus is saying here? He is saying that we matter to God. God values us. God cares about us. God loves us. And God, our heavenly father, like earthly fathers, knows what we need. Remember that, he tells us, and strive for the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. I like the way Eugene Peterson reinterprets Jesus' words in the message. He says this, if God gives such attention to the appearance of wildflowers, most of which are never even seen, don't you think he'll attend to you, take pride in you, do his best for you? What I'm trying to do is to get you to relax, to not be so preoccupied with getting so that you can respond to God's giving. People who don't know God and the way he works fuss over these things, but you know both God and how he works. Steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all of your everyday human concerns will be met. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. Easier said than done, of course. Watching birds and smelling flowers is all good and well, but that doesn't really make me worry less. Or does it? Think about what happens when you actually notice birds swooping in the air or a colorful flower catches your attention. I don't know about you, but when that happens in that moment, I feel glad. In that moment, I don't worry about anything. In that moment, I feel grateful for the gift of God's beautiful creation. And therein lies an antidote for our anxiety, gratitude. Okay, I can hear you thinking, of course she's gonna talk about gratitude this Thanksgiving, right? Well, that's true, that is true. But I'm not talking today about a one-time expression of gratitude. I'm talking about living in gratitude each and every day. Which begs the question, what is gratitude? Theologian David Lose offers this definition. Gratitude arises from a determined commitment to see the blessings of this life, a steadfast and practiced resolve of noticing and focusing on what is good a determined commitment to see the blessings of life, a practice resolved of noticing and focusing on what is good. Again, easy enough when things are going well. What about when they are not? When we are feeling a lot of anxiety. Brother David Stendhal Rast is a Benedictine monk who has made it his life's purpose to encourage and teach the practice of gratitude. And yesterday, I happened to come across a video of his TED Talk, a TED Talk that he gave on this subject, and I think he might have an answer to that question. 
Brother David suggests that we can counteract anxiety and cultivate grateful living by becoming aware that every moment of our lives is a gift. That every moment, including this one, is a given moment. We don't earn it. We can't make it happen. This very moment is a gift. And the gift within the moment is the opportunity that it presents to us. Depending on the circumstances, a moment might give us the opportunity to enjoy, or the opportunity to live, or the opportunity to learn, excuse me, or the opportunity to rise to a challenge. And here's the thing, as long as we're alive, we always receive another moment. We are always given another opportunity. The trouble is that in our rush through life, we fail to appreciate the moments that are given to us and we miss the opportunities. So how can we change this? Brother David suggested that we take a cue from our childhood and stop, look, and go. Remember, that's how our parents taught us to cross the street safely, right? You stop and you look and then you go, okay? So the first thing that he suggests we do is that we stop. We stop and pay attention. Um, Brother David talks about coming back from Africa and suddenly be awareing, being aware of water. The wonder of turning on a tap and having water to drink, cold water to drink, warm water to wash with. And after a while, of course, that awareness wore off and so he put stickers on his faucet so that he would stop and notice the water once again. <laughs> now, I'm not suggesting that you necessarily do that, but that you do whatever you can to help yourself stop and pay attention to what's happening in that moment. Brother David then echoes Jesus' word when he tells us to look. Look at the birds and the flowers. Look at the sky. Look at your neighbors. Look and listen and smell and touch. Stop and open your senses and your hearts to the opportunity to the moment that is given to you. When I officiate at a wedding, I often give a little homily, and I always begin that homily by telling the bride and groom to turn around and look, to look at this room that has seen so many of these ceremonies, to look at the family and friends who are gathered to celebrate with them, and then to turn and look at each other. I do that because weddings go by so quickly. And I really want the bride and the groom, this couple that is marrying one another, to pay attention, to really take in this special moment in their lives. So after you stop and you look, Brother David says, then you need to go to make use of the opportunity that lies before you in that moment. Most of the time, we're given an opportunity to simply enjoy. But sometimes we're given the opportunity to do something more, to share, to help, to speak kindness, to work for peace and justice, to strive, as Jesus said, for God's kingdom and for righteousness. Stop, look, then go. Right now, I'm stopping to admire our young one here, who's really like to be somewhere else, but who is just a delight to hear and to look at. 
Brother David believes that living to learn in gratitude can change the world in immensely important ways. He says, if you are grateful, then you are not fearful. And if you are not fearful, then you are not violent. If you are grateful, you act out of a sense of enough and not out of a sense of scarcity. And you are willing to share like we did yesterday. If you are grateful, you are enjoying the differences between people and you are respectful to everyone and that changes the power pyramid under which we live. I think that Jesus would hardly approve of Brother David's method of cultivating gratitude because it encourages us to look beyond our anxiety to the overflowing blessings that God gives us. Likewise, Gratitude can open our eyes to the goodness in the world, even in the midst of struggle and suffering. I've been moved to tears by some of the heartbreaking stories of terrible loss caused by the campfire. Yet, even in the midst of death and devastation, I find there is reason to give thanks. Thanks that a 93-year-old woman was rescued by a garbage truck driver. Thanks that another 93-year-old was taken in by a woman and a man who say he can stay with them as long as he needs to. Thanks for a nurse who drove his lorry. If you see pictures of it, it is burned on the sides. His lorry straight through the fire to rescue hospital patients. Thanks that the Chico High School running team created a running event, event so that a student from a rival school would have a chance to compete after he missed state qualifiers because of the fire. Thankful that the Auburn, California girls volleyball team presented an opposing team with paradise with new uniforms, shoes and pans they'd lost theirs in the fire with $300 gift cards and bags of clothing and supplies and presented the whole team with a check for $16,000 that they had raised. Thankful for all these ways and many others in which God is at work in the midst of a terrible situations. So very thankful for that. This Thanksgiving, when you gather with family and friends to share a meal, take a moment to stop before you eat. Look around at each other. And then maybe to share a word of thanks around the table. And of course, if your little one has written a prayer of grace, let them say it. And give thanks not just for the food, but for the love that you share together. And for the love of a faithful God who knows our needs and who works to bring good out of evil and joy out of suffering. But you don't have to wait until Thanksgiving to do that. You can practice giving your entire attention each and every moment to what God is doing in your life and in the world. And so I encourage you not only to give thanks on that special day, but to dare to live out of gratitude each and every moment. Thanks and thanks and thanks again be to God. Amen.